Great pleasure to be joined on the line by the president of the Sydney Swans, 10 days out from opening round in New South Wales and Queensland. And Andrew Pridham, welcome to the show. Sam, Matthew, thank you. Andrew, opening round, how far overdue is this? I don't know if it's overdue, but it's certainly bringing a real excitement into Sydney. And yep. I, I know that uh, everyone's really excited about uh, Thursday night or Thursday week. Um, you know, it's going to come along very quickly. I don't know what you think, but uh, it didn't seem that long ago we were at the beach. Well, <laughs> Andrew, I've, uh, I've been spending a lot more time in Sydney the last few months, particularly on weekends. Two things that really surprise me. One is that walking and driving around on a Saturday morning, just how many kids are playing AFL compared to rugby league and, and union. The other thing that, that surprised me, which is almost the other end of the scale, is how little the game seems to be advertised compared to the NRL. Your thoughts on those two issues? Well, I think we're just, we're just the inverse of what happens in Melbourne, Adelaide, Perth. Is, is The reality is, as you know, AFL in Melbourne in particular, but also in those markets, it, it really promotes itself. It's covered um, extensively in the, in yeah. the print, print news, radio, television. In Sydney, I mean, we're very much, um, in terms of the publicity a long way behind the NRL and that's been a real challenge for us and I think the AFL's made some really good um, strides in terms of investment in um, promotion and I think this is a, the, having the, the opening round in Sydney um, having Melbourne come play us and Collingwood playing GWS is a really important initiative. So Andrew, in terms of the papers, so the excitement around NRL, they're, they're not in the country, they're going to be in Vegas versus mm you guys having Sydney to yourselves for sport? Like, how's that tracking with, you know, the, the news coverage of it? Well, I think, Matthew, there's, there's still a fair bit of coverage of um, in, the, in the media about uh, the NRL being in Vegas. Um, I'm sure the media's rubbing their hands together of what could go wrong in Vegas mm. with um, a number of NRL clubs there. Uh, but, no, look, the, the NRL is a very, very strong competition and it has huge support. So it's still getting plenty of media, but I think the excitement around having the, the opening round in Sydney is something that's real and, and, I, and I, I'm i not sure what's happening with the, the GWS column game. I presume it'll be a sellout and I'm pretty confident that uh, our game against Melbourne at the SCG will be a sellout, which, you know, I've, I've been involved a long time. I can't remember a sellout round one. Normally uh, the first game we play in Sydney many of the fans don't even know that the season started. Do you expect this to be a permanent fixture opening round? Uh, let's let's wait and see. I would like it to be. I think that uh, it's very important to have um, you know, throughout the season something that's unique and, and special to, to a club, You know, whether it's Anzac Day games, King's Birthday, the Gather Round, etc. So I think if we could lock this in, I think it's... Uh, Certainly, a, a major promotional plus for uh, for the game. How big a hit has the club's marketability, or not even the club's like footy in New South Wales marketability, um, become de- or declined since Buddy retired? Do you think, Andrew? Uh, look, Buddy is a huge, was a huge you know, superstar, as you know. Um, I don't think it's had that much impact. I mean, okay. you know, it probably will um, probably boost merchandise sales him having retired. And the only reason I say that is the 95% of people who've had number 23 on the back will have to buy a new jumper. <laughs> uh, so we might, get a, we might get a buddy exit boost. 
Uh, but look, I, I that's think it's that the same that thing happened with Essendon, and uh, Andrew when Lordy, Lordy retired. People <laughs> had to find another I number know, other I than eighteen. Get a new jumper. I'm, I, they're hard to get too. Uh, look, I think it's the, the excitement around the team is real. I mean, obviously, um, you know, with the, you know since Lance Franklin and I guess uh, less known with, with Aaron Francis coming as as trades or free agents, the fact that this year we've brought in Brody Grundy, Taylor, Taylor Adams, James Jordan, and Joel Hamling. I think, in a particular, Brody, uh, Grundy, and and Taylor Adams, I think has brought a real excitement. And you know, to see an Errol Goulden, um, Chad Warner, I mean, some of the talent we've got, you know, I think, uh, you know, Errol's going to be a real chance for the Brownlow this year. I think the fans know that. Um, you know, we've got we've got a really good talented list, and and I think our fans are a lot more sophisticated than they probably were ten years ago. So uh, they do understand that uh, talent doesn't have to be a, a full forward. You spoke about the talented list you've got, Andrew. So you, you go from a grand final two years ago, you were hit by injuries early, and then you go out in the first week of finals last year. When John Longmire or the head of footy has presented to you in the last month about where you're at as a group and what you should be achieving, like where do the Swans sit? What do they see this year? Should it be, you know, that... Okay, we should be pushing for top four, or we're still a bit young. Like, where are the Swans at? Well, uh, Matthew, I mean, our aspirations are always you know, set pretty high, um, and as you know, as you know very, very well, um, a lot can go right and a lot mm. can go wrong, and it's a lot easier for things to go wrong. I think where we see the list this year, I think firstly we we have got a lot more depth. I think bringing, you know, obviously the ruck was a real issue for us last year and, and key in, and injuries to some key players you know, had a had a big impact on field and we had you know and that was really the story of our season last year is that the injuries we had and there were plenty of them were were largely key position players. And this year we have you know with the exception of uh, Callum Mills we, and obviously you've you've seen the news today about Luke Parker. Um you know round one it's gonna be a very, very difficult uh, uh, time in match committee, and I was talking to Leon Cameron and John Longmire this afternoon, and uh, I made that exact comment. And they did, they, they partially had a smile on their face, and partially, I think, are pretty, uh, pretty nervous about discussions post that match committee. So, on Callum Mills, Andrew, like, would the when they come to you, I know you know your players better than anyone. He's a great person, Callum. But when when it's proposed to you that the coaching staff want him and the players to be the standalone captain. Was there queries at board level about that? Are we you making the right decision about what went on in the celebrations or commiserations at the end of last year? Yeah, no, there was no, there was no. I mean, obviously there were. It, it was a factor. The the, uh, the fact that just simply Callum won't be available, you know, for certainly most of the first half of the season, is clearly a factor, and it would be nonsense to say it wasn't. Um, look, very much the, the captaincy is left very much in the hands of, of the players and the coaches, probably in many ways the players. And I think it was such a strong view, um, the playing group and the coaches, that Callum was ready to take the captaincy um, solo and, and uh, Luke and Dane were certainly ready to take a step back and focus you know, focus more on their games. Um, so it was it was a... You know, I think it was a pretty easy decision in the end, but but it was certainly, uh, if if you'd have asked me uh, on the day that uh, I was given the news about Callum's shoulder, if it was so obvious, uh, maybe not. But <laughs> in, in the, as time passes, all 
wounds heal and we, we became sensible and, and really saw him as, as a, a leader both on and off the field. And he's got a big job off the field, obviously, in the first half of the season. A couple of broader ones from me before you go, Andrew. You said last week, I'm reading a direct quote from you here, I think it's inevitable that the Sydney Swans will be the biggest sporting club in Australia. When do you think that'll happen? Uh, look, it's Sam, it's difficult to put timelines on things, but I've, I've said it in the past. Yep. I genuinely believe it. Um, and it depends on how you want to measure it, obviously. There's um, plenty of ways to measure things. But already the, the Sydney Swans have two, you know, 2 million fans. That's more than any other sporting club in Australia. There's no NRL club. There's no AFL club with that many fans. Um, so if, if the measures are membership, for example... So you've got, more, you've got more fans than Collingwood? We have got more fans than Collingwood. Collingwood have 1.3 million fans and we have 2 million fans. How, how's that measured? Uh, there's an organisation by the name of YouGov that uh, do this annually for the AFL. Okay. Um, so it's there's, there's, there's fans, there's avid fans and there's core fans and we're number one in, uh, in both uh, fans and avid fans and core fans, in fact. Collingwood are number two. Carlton number two at number ten, Sam. Wow. Mention that. Nice little clip for Carlton. Um, Where are the bombers, yeah, Andrew? <laughs> the bomb the bombers are uh, I think they're seventh from memory. Goodness gracious, mate. So you can believe them or not, but the, the facts I mean the simple facts are and whether it's ten years or twenty years, I don't know. Okay. Um you know, Sydney's a third of Australia's population and we have two clubs. Um, and we also have a lot of supporters in, in Melbourne, as you well know. We've got 12,000 members in, in Victoria. So I, I think it is inevitable, um, but I'm not, uh, I'm not brave enough to predict when. Okay. And, and uh, don't underestimate Collingwood. <laughs> no, never. Speaking of Collingwood, um, you and Jeff Brown were two of the more uh, public presidents that were raising questions around the viability of a team in Tasmania. We now have the stadium at a crossroads to the point where Rebecca White, who's the opposition leader down there, obviously going to the polls early, is saying that if she wins the election, she will look to renegotiate with the AFL, which basically means, Andrew, she'll be renegotiating with you and the other 17 presidents. Are you willing to do that? Uh, look, she'll be negotiating. I don't know who she'll be negotiating with. If anyone's negotiating, they'll be negotiating with the AFL, but... But they, they need your approval, though, Andrew. This team doesn't happen without the 18 club sign-off. I don't, I don't think that, that they will need our approval, and I think the reason they won't need our approval, I think the AFL has been extremely clear on this issue, and that is that there is no... You know, the negotiation's been had, yep. and certainly what, what you're referring to is, you know, I was lukewarm at best on the deal that was done. So if, if it's changed in any way, um, I won't be lukewarm, I can tell you that. It doesn't look like it's going ahead with the way that it was negotiated with the AFL, does it? I'm not one to predict politics. I don't, I don't know. But what, what I do know is the deal that's on the table is the deal. Okay. Andrew, appreciate your time. Uh, good luck for the, the opening round. See you up there. Andrew Prim, President.